guys. Welcome to Broke Teachers Travel Podcast. I'm Marnie. And I'm Jeff. And today we are following along further on Jeff's journey in Turkey. Last time we were talking about things that happened and things that were built over 3,000 years ago. And today we're going to talk about things that are quite a bit more modern and we're only going back about 100 years. What did you see? You were in the right. Gallipoli area. Okay, so, um, you know, um, following from our base of operation in Chenacala, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I mispronounced that 200 times, so forgive me, but um, right across from our hotel, there is an area called Gallipoli, which was one of the biggest battles um, in World War One. It was a plan to open up the Dardanelles Straits. It was instituted by Winston Churchill. And it is considered by many to be one of the worst British defeats in history. It failed miserably. Oh, wow. All right, guys. How's it going today? Um, I am here in uh, Gallipoli, which is on the uh, European side of the Straits of the Dardanelles. Here is where we started off. We actually took a ferry, and we took the wrong ferry. Um, but it's okay because the ferry set me back 30 cents to go from across uh, from the from the uh, Asian side to the Europe side, it's um, like 30 cents to take that ferry across, so um, it takes about 30 or 40 minutes. Um, one of the things that's interesting right here is this cannon. When World War I broke out, um, the Turkish, or the Ottoman Empire at this point, had uh, these cannons, and it would prevent any British or Russian ships from coming in this area. And so that led to the British believing that they could open up this uh, shipping lane by taking control of this strait called the Dardanelle. And, um, you know, up, up on the mountain, as you look across, there's a big sign that says, you know, basically, traveler, this is hallowed ground, you know, where you're stepping. And, and it just kind of reminds us, you know, of... How uh, important it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You said that there's a diorama. So basically, um, we were going from point A to point B, but point B, the, we got on the wrong on the wrong ferry so it I ended happens. up it's at, part of traveling and, and ended up on part c which was really cool because i got off there and you know it's in another part of gallipoli you still see the battlefield over um to the left and and yet when i get out there is this amazing statue there and it's part of what they have uh, the respect history um project which was really cool but there was a Diorama, and when I say a diorama, not um, there, there's a small not a shoebox size, right? You'll, 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 you'll see one of those where it kind of just puts things in perspective to what um, the British were asked to do. But then there is a life size diorama that shows the concept of the trench warfare, um, you know, and, and really they're literally maybe six or seven feet apart, and um, you know, it, it's full life size, and it was just one of those truly amazing things that I just happened to wander into. Um, when we look at trench warfare and how bloody it was during World War One, this is an actual reproduction of how close in at least one area that the Allies, the British over here, were to the Ottoman Turks. Again, no man land in this case is no more than, you know, 10 feet away. So, I mean, eight meters, okay? So, it, it's uh, very, very close. So, eight meters, uh, it's about... What, eight yards, Nick? Okay, I got my, my tour guide, Nick, here, who will uh, help me with all of my metric conversions. But again, when you think that 
these people, there were several rows and they have to climb out of these entrenchments and try to get over in here after crossing this and climbing up things like this. That's crazy. But the, uh, I mean, you know, again, it's uh, old men start wars and young men die in them. That's kind of the reoccurring theme. One of the joys of traveling to me is when you just happily bump into something. I think it is so cool. Right. Right. It's like, you know what? Oh, yeah. Whoa, man. And I didn't know that it, it was there. And so um, and, you know, and, and what's so crazy is to think of how many people, um, you know, on both sides were killed during the, this epic, you know, campaign. And then yet when you just stop and listen, just the you hear the nature and you hear the water and you hear everything and just and to just think for that period of time, the absolute carnage and horrible things that happened that during happening that there yeah and now it's so peaceful and beautiful yeah and and one thing I, I will say about um this campaign is I learned a lot about um the the troops the allied troops that were there were mostly from New Zealand and Australia and they're called the Anzac troop Australian New Zealand Army okay. Corps and um so many of them were 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 killed you know they were asked to take a fortified position and even though they had you know better technology you know the the Ottoman Turks had better position and just, you know, everyone was behind it because they were defending their, their land. But um, Kamal Ataturk, who we'll talk about, and if you ever go to Turkey, you'll see his picture on just about everything. Um, you know, he gives this very wonderful address um, to the um, the mothers of those young men who, who died years later. And it just really touched my heart because it to paraphrase what, what the, how the story goes is that he says, you know, to those mothers, you know, maybe 10 years after the war, um, you know, there are no, they're all, um, you know, Johnny's in their alma mets. you know that your children rest in, you know, you know, a country that loves them or a, a friendly country or something to that effect. And it just was really touching to me and probably one of the neatest things I've ever heard. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Now, one of the things that you also ran across was something that was a bit of the South in Turkey. Oh, yeah. There was a big jacked up <laughs> truck. And it was, you know, I looked up and I saw an axle. Now, yes. if you've ever if you've ever been to, to Europe, you know that ev there's a lot of small cars. Yes. Everyone has small cars. But Turkey um, doesn't have the same, um, you know, regulations and things. So I actually saw... A couple of jeeps there i saw some trucks with big um big tires big ford f-150s and things like that um, they're farmers right you know, you know and, and and i didn't think about that but yeah, yeah. There, there there absolutely was and i just kind of was like man because you know i can promise you in in paris unless it's an american driving over there you're yeah. not going to see those so. no not at all all right a little bit of northwest florida we got this uh big jacked up ford truck here and uh Gallipoli uh, over in uh, Turkey with the big wheels. That's pretty cool. But that was kind of kind of a fun thing, right, you know, to right. happen upon. Right. As well as your favorite. Oh yeah, the, the cats, the cats and dogs. Yeah, oh, yeah. And and one of the things that's just truly amazing about that place is just the the, the stray cats, the stray dogs. But you know they're taken care of and they're loved and and you know they you know. Um, they they go sit at Starbucks and they go in the mall and yeah, up and we down there. Yeah, we shared this. a picture in our last video <laughs> right. about the cat that 
ride the, the escalator to Starbucks. Yeah, yeah the, the, the bougie cat. And, yes. um, you know, but, but there's just so many cool things. And, and, and those dogs and cats, they're, they're just really, really amazing. And, you know, they don't get angry. They don't bark. They, now, they one don't... of the big things you saw once you got lost in that area of Turkey <laughs> was a castle yeah, that and, you didn't know existed there. And, and I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy, you know, in the world, you're just walking around. It's like, what's that? What's that big, man, that's a castle, that's a castle. you know? And, and so this was a, um, you know, a castle that was built. Um, and, and again, the Dardanelle Straits, it, it uh, basically opens up um, into what's called the Sea of Maramara. And then the Bosporus where, um, Istanbul is but that opens into the Black Sea so that area has been contested for years mm -hmm. you know the issue with Russia and anybody that's ever had me and of course knows that Russia wants that warm water port and that is located in the modern day Ukraine but they have to go through the Turkish Straits to get there so everybody's always wanted that including uh, Gallipoli uh, going back to Troy and um, in 1453 when Constantinople um, falls to the uh, the Turks um, and you know the, the Muslim um, Turks that um, you know and the Christians uh, lose Constantinople. It was at this point that this castle was built to defend the um, the um, the Straits there, the Turkish Straits. Okay, well, and it's a cool looking castle because it's kind of like round. It's, right, it's really interesting and, the architecture. And, and one of the things that's really interesting is that. Um, it, it seems that like the later we go into history that the more round these things come because of, of cannons and, and things like that, that even though they're oh, somewhat that primitive, sense. that it would, you know, deflect, um, you know, the cannons a little bit more than just yeah. bearing straight into a wall. Um, so, again, you know, I don't know if that's the case there, but it was cool. It was very, very large. Um, it was and very unexpected. <laughs> right. And very unexpected. All right. Right here, I'm at a big castle that I didn't know about, but just kind of wandered into it. It is called Khalid Bahir Castle. It was built in 1463 by Sultan Mehmet, the the one that uh, conquered Constantinople in 1453. So, 10 years after the conquest of Constantinople, he built this as a fortification uh, to prevent enemies from entering the Dardanelles Straits, which opens into the Sea of Maramara, which opens to uh, where the Bosporus to the Black Sea. Very, very cool. And, and, you know, it's just so crazy that, you know, within a 30-mile radius, you have, you know, the city of Troy. You have um, this, this castle from, you know, the 14... 1450s, 1460s, and then you have the Gallipoli campaign from, um, you know, World War One. So all of that stuff so historical, and it's also a cool place for the family. This boardwalk, it's like 9:30 or 10 at night, and you got kids skateboarding, eating ice cream, little girls skating. Um, you know, their families just hanging out, just watching the stars, and you know, eating gelato. Real family social right, time. Right, and and it's something that, you know. It, it, it does your heart good to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now I have a question. Yes. What would you recommend? Because we work on a budget always when we travel. Well, every day. <laughs> right. Actually. Um, what would you recommend as the top things in that area? Well, well, to the, see? well the, the big three, the, um, you know, Troy, the castle and um, the uh, Gallipoli um, battlefield. Um, there's actually, you know, at night there's, uh, 
you know, there's legends about ghosts and stuff at, at this um, at this particular area. But there's just so much. So those are those are the big three from that area for me. Um, but again, you know, if it's something that you're you're traveling with your family, take a couple of days there. I mean, we stayed in a, you know, in a five star hotel for, you know, a hundred dollars a night. And it was was super nice overlooking um, the Dardanelles. Um, other thing I was going to mention, just uh, we were talking about literature earlier, that one of the things that people for centuries have done to young men to prove their manhood was they would swim the Dardanelles, which is about a mile um, you know, it's, and I, and, um, even Lord Byron did that. So, and, oh, wow. and, and some of his, uh, some of his writings, he talked about doing that. So, wow. That yeah. now I, I have another question. Do you think that this area of Turkey is as budget friendly as Istanbul was? I, I think it's much more budget friendly. Anytime you get out of Istanbul, for example, um, the gelato that I bought in Istanbul, um, it was about four dollars. The one that I bought um, here was maybe sixty cent. Oh wow, yeah, that's a huge it, difference. It, it is a huge difference. Um, and again, you know, they anytime the the bigger the city, you know, if you're in Izmir or you're in um, you know Istanbul, it's going to be more expensive. What did kind of surprise me about this area? It's a beach town, you know. Um, I talked about looking at houses there, which were about a third of the price of a, a beach house here with a waterfront view. Um, oh, it's way—it's about a tenth of the price yeah. of a waterfront one. Yeah, that—that's true. Around the area that we live um, in, yeah. But but you know, it was just um, such a, a cool place. So it's uh, but yeah, um, and and so even though it was a kind of a a beach area, it did really surprise me how much cheaper it was than Istanbul. Was it super? crowded with tourists no it really wasn't this is a you know and again I, we we went in the summer so that it is should have been it, if that, it was going that, to be crowded that, that, that is would have been prime time right and and you know and there were tourists that you know i met a guy from portugal met some people from russia that that were there um you know but as far as it it was nothing like um Nothing like trying to get the Coliseum and seeing right. something like that. And no so, huge lines right. or anything like that. And and I think one of the things that was kind of interesting for us is, you know, they had these tour buses and, and tour tour groups that leave in the morning. Well, I have the greatest tour guide in the world, my buddy Nick, who is from there, speaks a language. And so we ended up, because we, we got there later and had missed all the tour buses, we ended up having to take a taxi all the way out to... Um, to Troy, which was 25, 30 miles. And Nick was really upset because he said that we kind of got ripped off on that because we ended up paying about, I don't know, 50, 60 bucks for that. Which is nothing right, right. for so, a taxi. Oh, 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 by, by the way, let, <laughs> let me tell you, this guy drove us out there, waited for two hours, and then drove us back, okay, for 60 wow. bucks. sixty bucks. So, yeah, that, yeah. That's a bargain. Right. And, and because then, if you did that in Europe or right, here, right. it would be... And and the other Way thing, more. the other thing about um, if if you you know do this by yourself or build in some if there's free time if you do a tour, um, the difference is if you take one of these boats and you went across and saw what we did, it's going to cost you maybe forty or fifty bucks. Mm -hmm. um, our transportation aboard that ferry was a dollar thirty. It's public transportation. Right, it's public transportation. And that is that's a huge huge money saver right there. And and it's just you know food there is is so cheap um but so good and so you just go in for like two or three dollars you sit down and have a nice meal 
Everything's over, so fresh. You it, said. It, it really yeah. is, yeah, because there's no supply chains. It's and again, a lot of farm to table. R- right, it absolutely is, and so that brings down the cost because you're not, yeah. you know, spending six dollars a, a gallon on diesel to right. to go, you know, two hundred miles. So, but again, it, it's a very, very beautiful place, and um, I just, I really hope more people go to Turkey. Um, the Turks, you know, of course, they like that in the economy, but. You know, you don't want it to get so overran that it becomes... That it's not fun right, anymore. Right. Not the secret place you can go and just relax, you know, and but I could, run with tourists. But but I can tell you, traveling with somebody from that country, um, it was so interesting because I didn't have a language barrier then. And, you know, my friend Nick took care of all of that. But there was so much history that he didn't know about, even though he was from there, that... Um, and, and he taught me so much history that, you know, I'd never heard of. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And, um, you know, so it's just, you know, the more, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything. Yeah. And anytime you have the opportunity to travel with somebody from the country you're going to take it because it can make all the difference in your trip. And, and that's one of the things that I will say about, um, when, when you pick your tour, when you if you choose a tour and you're going with a group, make, you know, and they say it's a local tour guide, don't feel, feel embarrassed to call that company and say, now, where is my local tour guide from? Because um, yes. I've, I've only had really one bad tour guide. And unfortunately, that was the one that, that Marnie and the kids went with me. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was just that, you know, she was uh, British, but then she didn't speak French. She didn't speak Italian. And those became some problems where every other time I've uh, traveled with this, this other company, um, you know, I think the, the better of the companies, um, you know, I've always had a local tour guide. And even when we would, um, like when I was in Israel and we went to the Palestinian area, there's new tour guide that knew about this and the Israeli tour guide handled this part. And yes. then, you know, so, but Nick was the best tour guide I had. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for following along. And drop us a comment. Ask us questions. We want to get this travel conversation started. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Check us out. And we also have a website, BrokeTeacherStravel.com. So be sure to check that out, too. And remember, break the monotony. Not the bank. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend.